תורות דף צד יחט עמוד ב', קפיטל ולייבר, הוסיפו לו אחת יתרה. The natural tension between capital and labor is something that we encounter uh, very often in the, in the startup world, not only in the startup world, it goes back, uh, it goes back forever, but certainly in the startup world, particularly when things, um, when things go right. And after a number of years, the entrepreneurs are doing really well and the company's grown and the investors get a big chunk of the profit. And the, the longer that it's been and the better they do, there is often a, a developing tension where the entrepreneur feels the investor's been passive all this time. What, what's he really say? So he puts some money in in the beginning, but I've given my life. I've given every moment. I've made every sacrifice. I invested the last penny I had. I took all the risk. And the bulk of the profit goes to this guy who's uh, put some money in five years ago, and he's been sitting on the sidelines ever since. And there's a, there's a natural emotional tension which goes all the way back to the beginnings of, of, of economics and commerce between the provider of capital and, the, the, and labor, the, the entrepreneur, whether it's intellectual labor as we have today or it's physical labor as it was in the time of, of the socialist and communist revolutions. And that's part of the topic of what we deal with today. We start off in the mission at the bottom of Tzadik Cheta Mudalef, Uh, which is similar to the case we had yesterday, where a widow takes things into her own hands, and in order to realize cash, she sells assets from her late husband's estate. And she, she, she's owed 200 in terms of exuda. She takes an asset of 100, and she does a great business deal, and she realizes 200 from the capital of 100. The sons say to her, okay, you've got your 200 now. She says, I only took 100. I happen to be a good businesswoman. They say, tough, you've got your 200, you're out, you're done. And on the, on the other hand, if she takes 200 and only gets 100 for it, she does a bad, bad business deal, they say to her, not our problem that you don't know how to deal, you should have left it to us. You took matters into your own hands, you lost it, you took your 200, your 200's gone. Ask the Gemara either way. Show me my time and money. Either way, how does this work both ways? If she turns 200 into 100, she's a bad entrepreneur, then they say, you caused your own loss. If she turns out to be a good entrepreneur and she turns 100 into 200, let us say, I, I made the profit. So you've got that very tension that you've got right in today's Uh, the world of, of, of tech and, and venture capital, you've got that very same tension over here. An entrepreneur who either does very well or very badly using capital. Rebbe comes here. Rebbe, who is the, uh, the author of this Mishnah, settles a dispute between his two rabbis. Rebbe's two rabbis were Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi were, were Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva. So when Rabbi Akiva lost his 24,000 students and he started again with five Talmidim, two of those five were Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi. And Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi both shared a Talmud who was Rabbi Yehuda and Yossi who, who edited the Mishnah, who put the Mishnah together. And Rabbi, Yehuda, and Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi had an argument in, in a matter of, of business law. Kedetanya, what is the case there? If I send a shaliach, and, and I send a messenger. Now, think of a shaliach not just as a messenger. A shaliach is any, any agent. So, and... And, and think even in terms of, of the entrepreneur. Uh, at the end of the day, the entrepreneur is an agent of the provider of capital. I'm giving you this money so that you will 
you will double it, you'll triple it, you'll ten times it in a certain manner. You're my shaliach, and I'm paying you, I'm giving you a share of it in order that you should do that. So when we're talking about a shaliach, we're talking about an employee, we're talking about an agent, we're talking about a commission agent, however it works. Um, if an agent sells at, at a higher price than was expected, I call the shaliach, it all belongs to the shaliach, he's, he's a good entrepreneur. So I give the agent a hundred property versus an object versus worth a hundred. I say go and sell it on the market, and he can, and he gets a hundred and ten for it. Who keeps the ten? Says Rabbi Yehuda, the shaliach keeps the ten. I got the hundred. I wanted a hundred for it. I got the hundred. The shaliach was was really good and got some extra money. Think of it when you sell a house. You sell a house for for a million dollars, and and the and that's what you want. You'd be very happy with a million dollars. The agent gets one point one million. Who keeps the hundred thousand? Says Rabbi Yehuda, the agent. Unless there's an agreement. Of course, when there's an agreement, everything else goes by the agreement. Rabbi Yossi says they share it. That the profit has to be shared between the entrepreneur and the provider of capital. Don't we learn elsewhere that Rabbi Yossi says it all goes to the provider of capital? It depends. It depends whether we're dealing with something that has a set price or it's subject to negotiation. If I'm selling a diamond and everybody knows what the, what, what the diamond is worth and how much it is per carat and it has a set price, in a case like that, the, the din is, it's, you, you share it. If it isn't kitzvah, if it's like a piece of property which has to be negotiated, it all belongs to the provider of the capital. Why is that? Explains Rashi. Because if it has a fixed price, and the agent gets more than the price, it's as if the other person, the, the buyer, gave the agent a bonus. Now the question is, who does the bonus belong to? Um, does, did, did he give a bonus to the shaliach for being a good shaliach, or did he give a bonus to the owner of the business? So we don't know, says Rashi. Maybe he meant it for the owner, maybe he meant it for the, for, for the shaliach, so we share it. But with a davash, this is not about a bonus. If you get 1.1 million for the house that you only wanted 1 million for, it's not that the buyer gave you a bonus of 100,000. The agent was skillful and was able to negotiate an extra 100,000 on the deal. Who does that belong to? Then it goes to the owner of the house. It goes to the provider of the capital. So Rashi says the reason for Cholkim, the reason that you divide it, is because we, we're in Sophic. We don't know whether the bonus was intended for the provider of the capital or the bonus was intended for the entrepreneur. The Rift learns differently. The Rift says, And why do we, are we cholek? An incredibly important principle that the Rift introduces. Because even if you say it, that it was intended for the shaliach, that the entrepreneur is the one who should get it, but the entrepreneur would have nothing without the money of the, of, of the capital provider. You've got to go back to the source, and without the capital provider, he would be nothing. And therefore, uh, he, he gets at least half of it. So you say, you, you can't just cut the, the provider of capital out and say, this is all the entrepreneur, he did a good negotiation. Yes, but what did you negotiate with? With capital that was provided you from somebody else. You didn't have a penny. So you took somebody else's capital, and you did well with it, so Hulkim. That's the right. That's the right way to deal with it, says the Rif. Now the Rif doesn't normally give us svarot. He doesn't normally give us reasons. He states the halacha. So clearly, in the reason there is a halachic difference, and the Ran mentions the difference. The Ran says, yes, according to Rashi, what will the difference be? The difference will be is if there's no safek. 
The difference will be in a case where there is kitzvah, so it's something I want, I want a million for it, that's the price, and the, the buyer gives me 1.1. So there's a bonus of, a, of 100,000. Who's the bonus for? Rashi says, we don't know, so you share it. The riff says, it's not about you don't know. The riff is, it belongs to both, because this is a partnership. You, neither could have done it without the other. We had it in a matrimonium recently, that the way you look at ownership and partnership is, could I have done this without you? But how much did you do? Could I have done? And if each one couldn't have done it without the other, the, the other, then it's 50-50. That's the principle of the reef, exactly as we had a few days ago. The, um, says the run, what happens if the buyer says, I'm giving you an extra 100,000 because you were a great entrepreneur. You negotiated so beautifully. I really appreciated the way you handled this deal. He doesn't even know the provider of capital. This is for you. So now there's no sophic. Now it's very clear who it's for. Says the run, according to Rashi, now there's no sophic, so you'll go by, what's, by the contract. The man says, this is for you. So there's no sophic. According to the reef, it's got nothing to do with sophic, it's got nothing to do with doubt. We, we know who it's for, it doesn't matter. The fact is, you couldn't have done it without the capital of the original person, and therefore it still has to be shared. The Shulchanoruch paskins the din that, that, that you share. And then the Ramos says, Mihu im ha-mocher noten l'shaleach. If the mocher says, clearly, I'm giving this to the entrepreneur. This is not for the, for the owner. This is for you. It's not for the investor. Ha-kol shaleach. It all belongs to the shaleach. So who's the Ramos paskening like? The Rashi or the Rif? Like Rashi. The Ramos is passing like Rashi, which the Vilna Gon says, And Rav Haigon learns the same way. So the, the Vilna Gon puts a lot of emphasis on Rashi's view uh, and says that's the, how the Ramos is passing, and that is the, the correct passing. On the other side of the page, we have the Sma and the Taz. Uh, what's important there is the, the, the Sma, based on the Ramban, says clearly we must go like the Rif. Because there's a difficulty with Rashi, and Tosfos already raises the difficulty with Rashi. If it's a Sophic, what's the din normally? Who's holding it? If you want to take it away from me, you have to bring the proof. Who's got the bonus money? The entrepreneur is holding the bonus money. You, owner, you, investor, want to say half of it is yours, or all of it is yours, bring a raya, bring a proof. How does Rashi say that because it's Sophic, you, you share it? And the Taz goes in to try and reconcile the two and to say, in fact, you need the riff in order to understand Rashi. Rashi on his own doesn't make sense because if it's in Sofek, then we should say the one who wants to remove it, who wants to take it, has to bring the proof. So Rashi on his own doesn't make enough sense. It only explains the Taz very beautifully because of the riff's principle that both of them contribute to this. They're equally, they're equally kind of muksak almost. Muksak doesn't help. Doesn't help who has possession. The fact is they're both responsible for it. And what's important here in the, uh, in, in the shita of the reef, and we see that although we, we seem to paskin like Rashi, certainly according to the, according to the Ramo, although the Sma and the Nesivas and the Taz all paskin primarily like the, like the reef, not, not like Rashi. And the essence of the reef is an understanding that is so important in life, not only in business. It, we, we tend to forget the initiator because the initiator is a one-off thing. A, a parent gives birth to a child. 
And kind of then the parent takes an increasingly lesser role in the development of the child. In the beginning, it's a big role, and then it's a bit of a lesser role. Then the child becomes a teenager. The child forgets the parents even exist. And then the child gets a little older and rediscovers the parents. But still, by now, the child's done very well, gone out, done well at university, got their degrees, gone into the world, made a lot of money, got married, has children of their own. And the parents of these old people who sit in the Moshev's Kanim, and they get, but you forget, they started it. You would be nothing without them. Zero, nothing, nothing. And in life, in all areas, track back. Rabbi Chaim Shmuelevitz used to speak when he used to give shiurim on Hakoros HaToven. He would speak about the, the medrash where the man runs into the water. He's, he's hurt by a scorpion. And he runs into the water, into the sea to try and ease the pain. And in the sea, he saves a child who's drowning. And the parent comes to the, to the man and says to him, Yishukah, thank you for saving my child. And the man says, don't thank me, thank the scorpion. If it weren't for the scorpion, I wouldn't have been in the water, I wouldn't have even seen your child. And says to Chaim Shmuelevitz, even if the initiator is a scorpion, you've got to have a korosatoi for the scorpion. Even if it's a rosh, or even if it's a wicked person, you've got to go to the source and you've got to recognize without this person, Nothing would have happened. There would be nothing. How much more so when it's not, when it's a parent or it's a friend or, or, or whoever it is, to be able to track back to the source and never forget who initiated the opportunity. You may have developed the opportunity. You may have worked. You may have grown it. You may have done the most wonderful things. You should care. Great. You're entitled to something for that. But at least 50%. You don't say, okay, but the person initiated, so he did a little bit for me. You know, let him get 10%. No. If he initiated it, he gets 50%. He initiated, you developed. He gave you the potential, you did the actual. The potential plus the actual is what makes the reality. How much do you get for potential? 50%. How much do you get for actual? 50%. That, that's how one has to understand and relate to, again, we're not talking about where there's a shareholder's agreement and it's agreed that the investor gets 80% or whatever, that we're not talking about that. We're talking about the concept where there isn't agreement, conceptually, morally, emotionally. How do you relate to this? You relate to the initiator as a 50% shareholder in anything that comes afterwards, in anything that you do afterwards, and understanding the role of he or she who initiates.